All right. Oh, see, I can get them to sit and be quiet faster than you can. I don't know. I feel like I can. Hi, everyone. Happy Wednesday. <laughs> so, got a couple of announcements. I get to do them tonight. Very exciting. So, it's Youth Hangout tonight. Woo! Rhett is excited. So, um, and that is after worship. Who's, where, where do they go? Follow Chamberlain. After worship for Youth Hangout. Um, also, tonight, you know, we, I mean, you can tell, we have the kids with us for worship. So, all we ask is that you um, keep the kids with you. Your children surrounded by you. Right? Right? Okay. Um, also, very exciting, we have bowling on Friday. And, and as uh, Kylan likes to say, we'll pay for the bowling, but not the food. So just know that. If you want to eat there, you might want to bring some money. Um, there, But we do need a sign-up, and tonight clearly is the last night for that. And if your kids are coming, we need the names written out. I don't know why, but we do. So... Um, or they can, or you can go see Mike. That's fine. Either way. Um, and also we have baby dedication on Sunday. I think we've got Kylan. We have a lot of babies, Kylan. We have a lot of babies. We got at least four, so that's exciting. We have baby dedication on Sunday. Um, Okay, he says that's it, guys. So everybody stand up and let's worship together. As the Spirit was moving over the water, Spirit come move over us. Come rest on us. Come rest on us. As the Spirit Moving over the water, Spirit come move over us. Come rest on us. Come rest on us. When you come down, Spirit, when you move, you make my heart. 
our worship. Just come, Lord, and have your way in this house
out here our relationship with the Lord right now is like trying to get into one of those little packages at Christmas ones with like the action figures in them they got the plastic and they're surrounded by all the cardboard and you try really like oh I might have to take this back so I'm gonna open it real careful I'm trying not to tear anything up I'm gonna try to savor as much as I can but listen you got to get to what is on the inside of that and you're trying to do everything you can, everything you know how to do, but you're trying not to mess anything up. Let me tell you something, when you're walking in the spirit with the Lord, it don't matter when you mess up because he's there to pick you up. You're gonna discard that package and throw it away. What's on the inside is what you're trying to get to. Stop worrying so much about the package. It don't matter anymore. It's gonna be on the ground or in the trash can, but you gotta get to what's inside of that thing. That's what we're doing with the Lord. We gotta get to him. Guess what you got to do to get into that thing? You've got to break through. Amen? Tonight, we can go ahead and break through. We can get through this package, but stop trying to worry about messing everything up. Just go for it, baby. Get in there and tear that sucker up to get what's inside. That's where the prize is. Amen? Let's go for him. Praise God.
We're eternally grateful, Father, for the gift that only you can give, the gift that washes us white as snow, the gift that makes you see you when you look at us, Lord. And just like Judah said, it's not up to us to clean ourselves up because you want to help us with that. We thank you, Father. We give you all of the honor and all of the glory. For sure, I got nothing new. How could I express all my gratitude? I could sing these songs as I often do. But every song must end, and you never do. So I throw up my hands and praise you again and again. Cause all that I have is a
here with us. If you would, go around, greet some of your family of faith. Tell them he is well and alive. Amen. And kids, you are dismissed. Well, it's good to see you tonight, live streamers, wherever you're watching at. It's good to have you. You can say hello. And uh, whatever platform, Facebook, YouTube, whatever, say hi on there. We'd love to know that you're with us tonight. Uh, we'll give everybody a chance to get their kids checked in, get their youth down to uh, uh, youth hangout, and we'll get going in just a second. Um, one thing about the Bowling Friday, the reason they want the names written out because uh, especially family with kids so they can get some names entered in the lanes and stuff. And uh, so we're prepared to get bowling when we get there. But that is seven to nine on Friday. Uh, come on out. And if, if we don't have uh, lanes enough for everybody, we'll kind of rotate it around a little bit, but we'll give everybody some bowling time. It is free to get in there. Um, shoes are free, but your own snacks. Now, um, just so you know, yes, Mike. Okay. All right. Cool. Um, and and uh, as you guys know, in the Old Testament, uh, part of their tithe was to bring in. The, the crops and things that they grew and presented to the temple. So that means 10% of your food Friday night. I get it. So just, you know, I'm kidding. I'm joking. Um, having said that, tithe and offering, if you have something to give, you can prepare that. Offering envelopes and chairs. And I used to say that at youth camp. I said, look, whatever snacks you get, you bring to camp, you owe me 10%. So just start handing it over right now. Um, and anyways. All right, tithe and offering, if you have something, you can prep it. If not, wave your hand around. Mike has envelopes there if you need one. Let me pray over your tithe and offering, and then we can just bring it down. And uh, Lord, we thank you to come to your house to worship, to be together tonight. A wonderful Wednesday night, Lord. And I pray uh, blessings on everybody in the house. I pray, Lord, that anybody who is struggling financially, Lord, we pray your blessing upon them. 
And Lord, that they are reminded over and over again of your faithfulness and that you will provide, Lord, and you will see us through. And they may have to have patience, Lord, and they have to lean on you, but you will see us through. We thank you for that. And our giving is simply a reflection of your faithfulness. So as we give tonight, we walk by faith. We believe, Lord. Thank you for being who you are. In Jesus' name, and we all say, amen. amen. Bring it if you have something tonight. If you've got your Bible, you can break those out and open up to Matthew chapter number 6. Uh, Sunday, Sunday we have a whole bunch of activities happening. So I'm going to prep you for Sunday because Sunday is just going to be a whole different deal. So uh, first off, Sunday we'll continue our series, Shelter from the Storm. Um, so that'll be Sunday morning. So uh, we can continue what we were teaching about this past Sunday. I thought this past Sunday was, was a good Sunday. Um, but then we're closing service with baby dedications. Amen. Uh, love the little kids. Bring them to the Lord. Uh, after that, I have a, a short uh, something I want to show you. And then right when that's over, I believe we have a handful of uh, water baptisms. Okay, so that's cool. Amen. And we're going to uh, recognize those that have recently given their life to the Lord. And then when we're done with that, I have a favor to ask. Monday, all of the carpets in the entire church are being cleaned. So I need some people to stay after baby dedication, help me put all the chairs up and get them in the back and clean our kids' church chairs and put them in the kitchen down there so they can come in Monday and knock all the carpets out. Because if you really look at our floor, you know it needs it. So, um, But I think it's a good thing. If you have a dirty church, that means people are coming. So I'd rather have carpets dirty and walls messed up and things like that. We just fix it now and then because people are coming to the house of the Lord. Amen? But it's our once-a-year uh, carpet cleaning, and that's happening Monday. So when we're all done Sunday, if I could have some people help me do that. Now, if you want to, if the Lord would just put it upon your heart, you can come to prayer Monday night. Then when we're done with prayer, put it all back together. But anyways, uh, that's just only if the Lord leads you that way. All right. Matthew chapter 6. So on Wednesday nights for the next handful of weeks, I'm doing a series. I just call it uh, Things That You Asked For. How many saw we were doing a survey recently and put it up after church for a while? Now you're thinking, oh, man, I wish I'd have filled it out. Um, I'm going to cover some topics of things that people ask for in the survey. Because if you did the survey, there were two parts. One that asked, hey, here's anything you would like to have a, a message series on. And there was another part about... Uh, maybe topics for small groups you'd like to see. So some people filled it out, uh, several people filled it out, and there was some topic in there. I'm not going to get to all of them, but I'm going to cover some topics that uh, were requested in the survey. So over the next few weeks on Wednesdays, things that you asked for. Um, tonight, and this is a, kind, of a, kind of a kickoff, a, one that I thought, yeah, you know what, I'm going to cover that and, and talk about it. Somebody asked, I, I'd like to know how to stay interested and motivated in my walk with Jesus. How do I stay interested and motivated on a daily basis to follow Jesus? Now, that sounds very basic, but I'll be honest with you, I get this question a lot. I do. Because remember, the Christian life is a daily endeavor. It's not just something you pop in when you get to church now and then or when you feel like being spiritual, or when you need something from God, then you go to him and ask for it, and that's really the only, you know, I haven't talked to, to the Lord in, in two months, 
you know, but I really need something, so I come to him now. Well, that's not the Christian life. So I, I want to cover this, but Matthew chapter 6, I actually have a few points for you tonight, so if, you wanna, if you're a note taker, get ready to take some notes, crack your knuckles and get ready. But Matthew 6 and verse 25, let's read uh, some verses here. Sermon on the Mount, and Jesus bringing some reassurance to us right here. He says, therefore I tell you, Matthew 6, 25, therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. And some of you need to underline that, highlight that, do whatever you need to do, and constantly remind yourself of this. Do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink. In other words, necessities to live. Nor about your body, what you will put on or, or, or things that you have. Is life not more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? And the answer is obviously yes. And which of you can be, uh, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his lifespan? You, you see that? When you are riddled with anxiousness, and riddled by worry, it doesn't help you at all. There just to be a resounding amen in this room. Our nation is full, our world is full, and it's, it's, it's almost an epidemic of people who are just overly anxious and riddled by worry, and that leads into fear. It doesn't help you. It just makes things worse. Actually, when you're riddled by anxiousness and fear, you end up conjuring up a whole bunch of stuff that's not there. And you're worried about things you can't control anyways. So the point is that, that God has got you. Look, look what he says. And, and why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yeah, I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Whenever Jesus says, O you of little faith, what he's saying is, why are you being distracted from who I am? That's what he's saying. Why are you being distracted from the faithfulness of God? That's little faith. See, uh, when, when they're on the boat and the storm's raging and Jesus gets up and quiets the storm, he says, why do you have so little faith? It, it wasn't that in that moment it's like, oh, my goodness, there shouldn't, wouldn't be any doubt. But what he's saying is, I'm here with you. Why are you distracted from the fact that I'm in the boat with you? Don't worry. Well, we're going to be okay. Let's keep going here. Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles, in other words, the unbelievers, those who don't know God, seek after these things. And your Heavenly Father knows that you need them all. Do you realize that God knows what you need? Does God know what you need? Who is your provider? Where's your faith? Why do you have little faith? Why are you distracted from the fact that he is who he is? Why are you distracted from the fact that he is the provider? Right? So don't be anxious. But watch what he says. Okay. God knows you need all this stuff. 
And the whole world is living their life seeking and chasing after these things. But what Jesus says is the very first thing that should be of what you're after is this. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things, all the things you chase after, all the things you're worried about, they're going to be added to you anyways. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself, sufficient for the days its own trouble. In other words, worry about today. Don't be worrying about tomorrow. God's got you. So the call of the Christian life, when we start to follow Jesus, is the thing that we seek first, our priority is what? The kingdom of God. The righteous life that's with it. And then all the things that everybody else chases after anyway, God adds them unto you. In other words, he's your provider. So being uh, interested and motivated in seeking the kingdom of God first on a daily basis is really what you're called to do with your life. See, what good is it, as the Bible says, to gain the entire world, wealth, riches, relationships, and all that kind of stuff? What good is it to have all that stuff and forfeit your soul? Seek the kingdom first, God will provide for you, and all the stuff that was taking your attention, the attention should have been on him, Right? So what I'd like to do is give you some things tonight, uh, some points. I got six of them. Look out. Six points. Get ready to write. Six points of how we stay interested and motivated in seeking the kingdom of God first in our life. Here's the first thing. The first thing is this, is you've got to constantly remember the value of the kingdom of God. Constantly remind yourself of the great wonder of who God is. Remind yourself of the value of the forgiveness of your sins. And remember it's the best thing. It's the greatest thing. And nothing is better than that. Remember the parables in Matthew chapter 13? A man was walking through a field. And he discovered a treasure there. And it, 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 remember the parables of Jesus aren't nice, neat, perfect theological boxes because the guy who finds the treasure in this field covers it up and it's, he sort of acts deceitfully by the way he covers it up I mean he knows okay I'm going to buy this field because I want the treasure but I know this field is going to cost me everything I have so I go sell everything I have I buy the field for much less than its value because of the treasure there because I really can't earn the value of that treasure but I have the treasure because it's the most valuable thing. So much I'll give up everything I have to have it. That's the value of the kingdom of God. It's the greatest thing. And right after that, it's another parable that says, or, or the, the merchant who finds the pearl of great price sells everything that he has in order to have this pearl. If you want to be motivated to seek first the kingdom every day, it has to be the most valuable thing in your life. Because your focus and your attention and your time and really what you put yourself into will be the things that you value the most. Right? You've got to remind yourself. And I know this is something I, I say consistently here, but remember, is Jesus still the good news of great joy for you today as much as he was when you first met him? That's the value. And you must remind yourself of that. 
The kingdom of God, Jesus, the forgiveness of my sins is the greatest thing you can have. And the enemy would like nothing more than to take it from you. The world and its sin, though, though it's not uh, animated in ways directed towards you, it is still working in such a way that it can take it from you because everything is fighting for your attention and everything is fighting for your allegiance. Isn't that true? Everything out there is fighting for your attention. Everything out there is fighting for your allegiance, to follow it, to be a part of it. You've got to know the value of the kingdom that is the best thing that you could ever discover in your life. So, so you start there. And if you ever get dull with that, you've got to remind yourself of it. Now, nothing I'm going to say tonight is a golden nugget that makes it easy. Everything I'm saying tonight involves your active participation. Right? You have to remind yourself of the wonder of the forgiveness of your sins. Remember what you were and remember where you're standing now and know where you're being taken. Because the forgiveness of your sins isn't just the freedom from those sins now, but it is life everlasting. What greater thing can you have than life everlasting? Amen. So the first thing is, remind yourself of the value of the kingdom of God consistently. Here's the second thing. This is something that I, I run into consistently. You have to realize that you will not maintain an emotional feeling about this all the time. The kingdom of God is not based on your emotions and your feelings. How many of you ever had days where you didn't feel like you were saved? Okay, let's be honest. How many ever had days where you doubt, you, you dealt with doubt? How many have had days that you didn't want to come to church? You should never raise your hand when I say that. Shame on you. My gosh. I'm going home. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> you ever feel like not praying or not reading your Bible? Okay. It's not based on your feelings. It's not based on your emotion. When you feel like God is so far from you, you don't even know he exists anymore, you have to say, but that's not true. Yeah. Amen? The moment you tie it to the ups and downs of your emotions is the moment you will not be seeking God's kingdom first every day. You will be inconsistent in your life with him. You have to decide that it's a, a way of living that will involve my emotions, will at times I feel like it, but not always. You know what that means? Maturity. Okay, uh, you guys that are married, you feel this, this wonderful, overflowing love for your spouse every single day? Don't answer that. <laughs> But yes, you know it's true. But here's the thing. When you said, I do, you made a commitment that spans across everything that happens in your life till death do you part 
That includes the days you don't feel like it. That's commitment. That's covenant. Same thing with your faith. My faith doesn't depend on what I feel today. My faith depends on the fact that I made a commitment to follow. Amen? The second thing is realize it's not to do with your emotions. So when you don't feel like it, keep going. Don't stop. Do it anyways. Amen? Okay, here's the third thing. By the way, that's normal. I, I, I know I, I've, I've heard some people I, I think are trying to be super spiritual say, I just, I just always, every single day, I'm just like, you go. But you're less than 1% of everybody. You go. It's normal to go through that. Because we live life. Amen? Okay, here's the third thing. So in other words, and it rolls into this, then you realize it is about you, this is your responsibility, you're choosing to follow, making conscious, deliberate, daily decisions to pick up your cross and follow Jesus. That you make decisions, deliberately in your mind, make a decision, today, I am following Jesus no matter what I feel like, no matter what I'm facing, no matter what I'm going through, no matter the culture that surrounds me, today I'm following Jesus. That's your choice. That's your responsibility. So in other words, how do I stay motivated? You've got to motivate yourself. Because, listen, God does not motivate you. Did you ever notice that? I wish every morning when I woke up, an angel will be sitting on the end of my bed, sent by the Lord. <laughs> I said an angel. Not a fault. No, I'm not kidding. I'm not going to say fallen angel. But anyways, uh, I didn't say temptation. I said an angel. Sent by the Lord himself with a word from the Lord to motivate me that day. But how many know it doesn't happen? You know? You've got to get up and motivate yourself. Now, now, now here's the thing. This, this sort of rolls in the next point. When you motivate yourself, then you can go have a word from the Lord. When you motivate yourself and you worship, uh, maybe you can invoke the presence of the Lord. When you motivate yourself and you pray, you can cast your cares upon him, and he gives you peace. But you have to make daily conscious decisions to follow. So how do I stay interested and motivated? That's you. You've got to do this. Nobody can do it for you. Do you realize when you stand before the judgment seat of the Lord, even believers will do that, you know that. You cannot drag anybody there with you. That's why it stands on you. You motivate yourself. You can't blame nobody, by the way. You, you can't blame shift your situation. You'll be accountable. So you have to make decisions. So what you do every day is the culmination of what you become. Your decisions make who you are. And if you choose to follow him every day, well, then that's what you'll do. It's, it's just that simple. You make choices every single day to do everything that you do. 
You choose when to get up or when not to get up. You choose what to eat or what not to eat. You choose whether or not you brush your teeth. You choose everything. Choose to follow Jesus. And, and if you have to learn, I don't care how you learn it, if you have to learn every time when you wake up to make that decision, do it. If you got to put a note on the bathroom mirror, do it. If you got to put a note on your nightstand, do it. If you have to have your spouse tell you, remember, follow Jesus today, ask him to do it. It don't matter. Do something to do it because it falls right there. Amen? Your decision. Here's the next thing. But that needs to roll into a rhythm of life, a consistent way of living in what I call things divine. In other words, a habit life of the things that grow you and strengthen you. So beyond coming to church, which I know you love to do and never not want to do that, let's cover that again, you should be a person of prayer. You should be a person of the scriptures. You should be a person of church because you come and learn here. It's the fellowship of believers, right? Uh, you're a person of, of worship. That you develop a rhythm of life where it's a part of your life. That is by you creating a cycle of life with those things involved. You, you know what I think is one of the most dangerous things to the Christian life? Busyness. One of the most dangerous things, again, what is busyness? Attention. What is busyness? Distractions. What is busyness? Allegiance. That you create a cycle of life that turns into a habit of life. Because you need the word. And you need it more than when you come to church. You need to pray. And you need that more than when you come to church. You need to be a person of worship. You need that more than when you come to church. You need to fast when you're led to. Why? Well, we don't do that corporately a lot. So you need to do it. You see what I'm getting at? Habit of life. And again, it's not these long hours every day that you have to do it, but you need those connection points. You have to. Again, it's about attention. Seeking first his kingdom. Right? So develop habits in your life. And, and in other words, uh, got to make a plan. Now, we were saying this Sunday with the, with the series Shelter from the Storm about praying for your family, fighting for your family. Make a plan. How are you going to do that? Uh, same thing with this stuff. Overall, it's a plan. How am I going to make sure that I'm taking time, because time is always about priority, taking time to spend time with him? How am I going to do that? You know you. You know your schedule. You know whether you're a morning person or an evening person. You know you. Make a plan. Then learn how to stick to it. So where's my phone? In our world, this is the most distracting thing that you have all the time. So what I like to do, if this thing is distracting me, then I lose it for a little bit so it doesn't distract me. Let, let me tell you something. You can survive without this thing being in your hand all the time. You know why I know that? I was alive before these things were made. 
and I made it, right? You don't have to have this all the time. Well, my Bible's on here. Okay, look, I think that is great. I've said this before. I think it's great. I would encourage you to get a Bible like this so you can put this away because if I'm reading my Bible on this, chances are I'm going to get a text. I'm going to get a phone call. I'm going to get an alert of something, and I'm going to be distracted. Put this thing away and spend time with him because that time is invaluable to the result of seeking his kingdom first. Amen? That's important. So, so make a habit of life. And if you need a help doing that, talk to me more. I'll, I'll help you do that. So, so with that then, connected number five is then be aware when things are sidetracking you and deal with it. Be aware when things are fighting for your attention. Be aware when things are fighting for your allegiance that are taking you off the path. And don't play with it, but deal with it. Again, that's your responsibility. See, the conviction of the Holy Spirit will help you. I believe that. But you've got to listen to him. You have to listen. You have to respond. Because he's trying to help keep you on the paths of righteousness. That, that could be sin. It could be uh, something of that is it, it, permissible, but it's not beneficial. That happens a lot, right? It could be things that are they're trying to peel you away from, from church. It could be a lot of stuff. Whatever's trying to sidetrack you, you've got to deal with it, cut it, and remove it. Amen? All right, here's the last one. I'm going through these fast, but here's the last one. Here's something to help you. Good friends that are spurring you on to love and good deeds, as the Bible says. A good church, which I hope you think this is. A good pastor, which I hope you think I am. In other words, accountability. You need people in your life to say, hey, what is going on? What's happening? And let me tell you this. Don't be mad. Don't be offended. Don't be upset when somebody brings accountability to your life. I think we all love it when somebody says, you are incredible. I love you so much. And the moment somebody comes in and says, hey, let's talk. I'm out of here. I want nothing to do with this. Don't talk to me. I want to hear your business. Right? That we are people that will receive accountability as much as we'll receive encouragement because at the end of the day, accountability is encouragement. It's helping you. You've got to receive it. Good friends, a good church, good pastor, good people in the fellowship will help you stay on track. Now, I get it. There's times it goes overboard, times with the wrong attitude. I understand we make mistakes. But if you're going to throw the baby out with the bathwater, you're going to be in trouble. Accountability is important in your life, so receive it. And when somebody comes your way and says, hey, let's talk, hey, Something seems up. Hey, the Holy Spirit's speaking to me. Hey, you listen. You weigh it, and if it's from him, you apply it. Amen? But good friends, good church, good, good fellowship of believers, we will help each other in that way. Right? Because what is the point of being together 
if we're not in this together, growing together, and helping one another? What's the point? You might as well just watch online somewhere. Might as well just teach yourself. What, what's the point of all this? Part of the point is that, that we actually help each other, and some of that helping is accountability. Amen? Those that are not accountable, I promise you, eventually get off the track. I promise you that they're running down the road somewhere. Because God uses those around us to help us. That's why we have things like the gifts of the Spirit, right? That's why we have leadership, in other words, people that are invested with authority to help. Those things are for reasons. It's not about titles. It's reason and purpose. Amen? So we help one another. So we did a series on friendships a few months ago. I have friends, if they showed up and said, hey, you're acting like a knucklehead, I'm going to listen to them. Amen? I don't listen to everybody, but there are certain people in my life that can speak into my life. You have to have that. People that love you enough, they'll be honest with you. Amen? Yes, sometimes brutally, yes. But to receive it is good. Amen? So how do I stay motivated? That stuff right there. But it's it's on you. It's on you. Uh, I I had somebody that I was uh, closely connected to one time. Um, They were really, really struggling. And I felt really, I mean, it just broke my heart. But uh, they called me uh, one morning and, and asked if I could come over to their house. And they were just so, so broken down. Can you just help me get out of bed? Can you, can you help me just get ready for today? Sure, I'll, I'll come over. And the help in that moment is wonderful because I think in so many different uh, ways we experience things like that in our life, whether it's physically or mentally, emotionally. Sometimes we break down to help each other. Amen. But the goal is, because of the work of, of God in our lives, that not only am I able to then eventually get up myself, but turn around and then help somebody else get up. Amen. So we can keep going and doing this together. Because part of the overall motivation is, again, this long-term discipleship, knowing that, that I'm not alone. And I don't have to do this alone. And there's other people that are going through some of the same stuff I am, or at least they have in the past, and they can help me. So I'm going to make it. The Bible says, and Jesus says, he says, come to me. And in that whole thing, he says, look, my, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. So I think sometimes when we ask this question, how do I stay motivated? How, how do I stay interested? Don't make this too hard. You don't have to impress God. You don't have to earn it. He loves you just as you are. He just doesn't want you to stay where you are. (laughs) Right? Don't try to impress him. Don't try to earn it. Don't try to be a spiritual giant. Every day, follow him. And when you need help, ask. Right? But you have to make these decisions. It's up to you. Nobody can do it for you. Now, if you want me to send you a video every morning, I'll do it. 
but you don't want that. If, if you would like uh, uh, somebody to come knock on your door, you ask them to do it. You probably don't want that. You have to constantly make decisions every day today. Lord, and you know how easy it is to roll out of your bed and say, today, Lord, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to commit my day to you. Give me wisdom today. Help me when things come my way. Amen. You know how simple that is? Committing your day to him. Then as you go through the day, remember what you said. Right? And when the day gets too hard, call somebody. Right? And if you feel like you're falling off track, see, the thing is this, is that the Lord knows where you fell off track. And chances are, he's chasing after you. Saying, hey, what are you doing over there? Will you please, please come over here? I will come pick you up. That's what he does. He's the God who runs after you. He grabs you. He puts you back. Okay, come on, let's go. He's not mad. He's not angry. You're not one more strike away from kicking you out permanently. He constantly is coming after you. Don't worry about making him mad. Just come back. That's what he wants. Amen? Don't make this too hard. Amen? People who are following Jesus, everyday decisions, helping one another, amen. You know what that is? That's called the church. Locally, worldwide. The church is the worldwide body of believers who are learning the Jesus way together. That's the church. And it takes your decisions every day. Amen? Let's pray. Lord, help us. We need your help. Help us. Wisdom, guidance, direction. Speak to us, Lord. But I pray, Lord, that each one of us stirs ourselves up. That, that we're, we're in this for the long haul. Through the ups and the downs times that we fall down, we get back up. times we get a little lost, we get back on the trail. Lord, that, that we, as Paul writes, we press on toward this upward call, this goal, heavenward in Christ Jesus. We press on every day. It's simply keeping our eyes on you, seeking your kingdom first, Lord, this incredible treasure that you have given us. We thank you. We never lose sight of it. We, we never get lazy in it. We never take it for granted. It is our life. Thank you, Jesus. And I pray, Lord, that we learn how to help one another, encourage one another, at times bring accountability in, in a way that, that is life-giving. We thank you for that. The church needs it. Every single day, Lord, following you. Well, because the reward of the things to come is so incredible, so amazing, so wonderful. We can't even comprehend it, but it is eternal life. And we thank you for that. Lord, you're, you're a, a wonderful Savior, so full of love, grace, mercy, so wonderful. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Well, how about this? Sunday morning. Invite people out to church. Summer's over. Vacations are pretty much done. People are back settled. Let's get people back to church. Amen.
Go to the house Sunday. We'll see you there. Uh, bring somebody out. It'll be a good time on Sunday. Have a blessed, blessed end of the week.